Hello everyone, welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast on the Youth Critic Network. Welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast. I am your host, Jess Smith. Joining me this week is David Weiser from Film Assessment. Hey, everybody. It's good to be back. And David, what are we talking about this week? It's just, it's just you, when you roll a die and there's like two ones, that's, that's called something. Can you, can you remind me what, what that is? <laughs> a double? Uh, uh, no. Snake eyes. Yeah. Yay. And... and then there's this thing where you start <laughs> developing wrinkles on your face and, and you're aging. And then what are you again? <laughs> you're old. You saved my life. Why? I'm not a murderer. I looked into your eyes and I saw honor. I owe you. We are going home. What is it exactly you do? For 600 years, our ninja have brought peace to the world. But things have changed. I need warriors like you to become the future of the clan. Um, yeah, so we're, so listeners were, I know old was kind of like, this is a more buzzier, more interesting movie to talk about. Um, but we're going to kind of, but we're going to get Snake Eyes out of the way because, uh, that also came out last weekend. Um, and I have thoughts on Snake Eyes because I've tweeted about the director (laughs) recently and David, I don't know if you saw the thread I made, but um, uh, but either either way, we'll talk about that in just a minute. But so yeah, we're gonna go through Snake Eyes, and this is an all spoilers podcast on both movies. So if you've not seen any of them, um, please go um, and watch them, and then come back. Um, as far as I know, I believe uh, David and I recommend Old. And um, Snake Eyes, I'm like a mild recommendation. David, I don't know about you. We haven't I talked about that. Yet. It's just like, it's okay. <laughs> we'll get to it. Oh, right, we'll get to it. So, uh, David, what are your thoughts on Snake Eyes? I, I, I felt like it was just kind of underwhelming overall. Like, it was just kind of, it's fine. Um, there's some solid action, but the way it's, and you can tell there's really good, there's really solid court action choreography and stunt work being done. But the way it's shot and edited, you can barely see a lot of it. Like it's really, it's, it's borderline incomprehensible at points. Um, there are some, that, there are some scenes specifically that are shot and edited well, but like there's a lot that are not. <laughs> and so that was a huge sticking point for me. And then like, I feel like there was a lot of tropey uh, elements in the writing 
in terms of the plot and the all of that and i found all the the incorporate the entire incorporation of the gi joe stuff felt very shoehorned in for me like i felt like it was just kind of there to, so they could have backdoor spin-off or let's build our cinematic universe of gi joes yeah like they're trying to do the whole marvel cinematic universe thing but you know make snake eyes the iron man style like movie like where we just start with one character and like they're like the approach is sound it's just it's like if we started the mcu with iron man 2 like we combine the stories of iron man and iron man 2 into one movie uh that's kind of where it is and then on top of that you have you know shamara weaving you know in i don't know who plays the baroness but uh you have like those you have the baroness and scarlet in here and you're like oh i guess this is a gi joe movie because really it could have been just random martial arts movie this is what um, i'm saying i think it would have been so much better if it had like honed in on that element and just been a it'd been a tighter script been a little bit more streamlined um spend more time in the editing room uh get a better camera operator i don't know <laughs> it's not even camera operator it's just the style it's a very it's yeah like the style is shaky like you know it's this it's like trying to combine guy ritchie and james Wan's style together like that hard edge like getting punched and then the camera moves as the person gets punched like it's trying to you know combine a bunch of like styles from other like filmmakers but mm -hmm. it's it's not boring it's just and it it's a it, it's a choice that's what i'll say it's a choice um and then you're right some of the action is very well done i thought the climactic battle was very well done um but it, i'm not here to talk about like the action and stuff like clearly like clearly if you've seen the trailer you know what the action of this movie is like um for me i'm more interested in a like Robert Schwinski is director. He uh, makes a lot of movies that are about uh, characters that are either grieving or like building a wall around their grief. Uh, as a so, um, I did a thread on Twitter. I think either Friday uh, or Thursday about like Robert Schwinski. Um, all of his movies involve like characters either from Jodie Foster Five Plan to Shanley Woodley in Insurgent. Uh, like that, all these characters, all of his main characters are like hiding or building a wall around their trauma because they feel like it's going to crush them or crush other people. And that's very much here in Snake Eyes. You know, the main character, which I think only goes by Snake Eyes. Um, like he's out for revenge and he's, but he's like building kind of this metaphorical wall around his grief to hide that, you know, he's, his heart isn't pure. And his heart, and the whole story is, you know, cleansing your heart to, with vengeance in order to like become the, the silent warrior, if you will. Uh, and overall, I thought, 
And it's all like on paper, that sounds great. It's just an execution, I think. It doesn't quite work. Like there's still really some callbacks to the script. Like there's the whole like snakes in the third challenge where, you know, the snakes for some reason can sense, you know, your fear or your doubt or whatever you have within yourself. And then that comes back in the end when they fight off the bad guy. And it's like from a screen, from a, on paper, it all, like on paper, Snake Eyes works as a script. It's just an execution, it's very jumbled. Because it's nothing's really built well. Some of the characters, they talk like in very monotonic especially Storm Shadow. Um, and yeah, also the opening is very weird. Like it, it takes like a whole first act to realize what's going on. I don't know. It, and, and essentially that's kind of my thoughts on the movie. So what, do you have any more thoughts? Um, I, I will say one interesting point of it was that they made Snake Eyes, like this kind of morally ambiguous character um, from the, like he's an anti-hero and they kind of uh, walk that line with him kind of finding his conscience and kind of like, you know, being honorable and all that um, by the end of the movie, like that's his arc obviously, but I thought it was interesting having a protagonist that was morally ambiguous for a movie like this, because you don't really see that too often in block, I mean, there are obviously exceptions, but I'm saying, uh, you know, you know what I mean, and and like mainstream blockbusters like this, you, that's not a huge, uh, not super common. So that was interesting. Yeah, and, and 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 it's a good like, and it worked, and for the most part, it does work. Like it's just when you add the, all the GI Joe stuff in there, like the like the plot reveal that his father was Joe or a former Joe. Like all that stuff, like when, once you are, start adding kind of that stuff or weaving all of that into the narrative, it kind of falls apart. But it doesn't like, but it doesn't fall completely apart because Henry Golding is just such a great actor. Mm -hmm. uh, like, and he, and he really does sell like what this movie's going for, or what this script is trying to do. Um, But also, I don't know, like, I feel like Snake Eyes is a product of trying to restart franchise because A, you know, Steven Summers did the first movie back in 2009 in a, in a very rushed to release job, if you will. And then they tried again with Retaliation with The Rock and it sort of worked a little better, but not too perfect. Um, and now we're here with Snake Eyes, and it's kind of this the shrug. So I don't know. Do you do you have any history with the GI Joe characters? Any of that? I mean, I saw those last movies you just talked about, but beyond that, like I didn't like watch the cartoon growing up or anything. Me neither. I, I mean. And that's kind of the problem is I feel like our generation is a little getting a little too young to have watched 
you know, those, like, I feel like the movies to be made off of toy commercials, like He-Man and Transformers, like, the era is kind of going away a little bit, and because, you know, our generation, we grew up on anime and superhero movies and, you know, the, the tail end of the Disney golden era, so uh, I feel like those are kind of now going in and out. And uh, but maybe that's just me. I don't know. Um, is there anything else to say on Snake Eyes? I know we're going through Snake Eyes very quickly. Um. As much as I love Samara Weaving as an actress, I was kind of unimpressed with her here. I mean, and it kind of goes with like my point earlier, but like, I felt like her accent was a little weird, which like is strange because like, I thought she did a pretty good American accent in um, Ready or Not. And I don't know, it was strange. Like, that was just like a weird thing that stuck out to me. Like, I was like, why does she sound so strange? Well, isn't Scarlett's character supposed to be British? Oh, well, it does sound like a British accent when she's... I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm mixing up characters, but I feel like... I, I don't know. It just... <laughs> I don't know. Like, it, it, the accent in mine didn't bother me. It's more of, you have Samara waving in this movie, you give her nothing to do. Yeah, she just kind of is there. She just shows up in the end, like after a, like a, a brief scene that you see earlier introducing her, which was kind of cool, but it just feels like they're two different movies and kind of forcing them to be together, like kind of is like, feels like it's compromising Snake Eyes. Like if Snake Eyes, if you cut out all the G.I. Joe crap and it was just him join, like infiltrating this, um, society of ninjas or whatever and um you have like the martial arts stuff him betraying them and you just like leave it that simple like i think it would it would have worked better at least it would have been shorter tighter script um maybe refine the characters a little bit more and like less about the world building and future franchise potential which is what almost everybody is doing nowadays because they want to be like Marvel, but. Yeah, even now that kind of approach feels like it's, it's gone elsewhere. Like it feels like it's outdated now. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like that kind of mentality of like, let's see if we can do a cinematic universe. I think that should have died with, or it did the die mummy. with uh, the mummy, yeah. But what do I know? um and i don't know like i i don't hate this movie like i i very much love the ideas on paper and i think and i in this movie of all things it it's a better version of what a robert schmincke movie could be uh and also i love like the cinematography like the look of it like mm -hmm. not really the shaky cam if you but I love like the look of neon, just every like it looks incredible. And I think it's because they got Gore Verbinski's Gorbinski and Michael Bay cinematographer uh Bo Bohan uh Bonzi, I think. Let me pull it up real quick. Bohan uh 
bazillion. That's what it is. And I, I, I love the work he, he did here. So, um, so I thought that worked. It, it worked a lot better than um, the last couple of Robert Schmitzky films, which all kind of look like very cheap and very quick. Uh, but yeah, honestly, I don't have a much more on Snake Eyes. Again, I saw yeah. this at like 10 o'clock one night and I finished it around midnight because yeah you're, you're the movie is only two hours long but it feels like it's 220 or something uh yeah all right that is snake eyes let's go I can't change your past how Shyamalan just swung for the fences and I mean he does that a lot but uh just creatively it was very exciting to watch because of how much insanity was going on on screen um I guess some minor criticisms it did feel a little repetitive it would be like oh this person is aging and there's this crazy situation here while they're focused on that it feels like like kind of like the dog like squirrel it's like oh there's another situation over here and it kind of just like which is like given the premise it makes sense that that would kind of snowball kind of like that to each person on the beach but it did feel a little repetitive at times where it was just kind of like oh this uh, this is happening to this person uh now this person's dead oh this other person's dead all these people are dying on the beach um oh and this is you know like all of that i think that which is kind of uh like i said kind of um a result of just like the general premise and it, it, that would happen but um as for a viewing experience it did very much feel like that like it felt very add like oh, oh look well, there's here this is going on over here <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean for me the so i really like the movie I think it's, you know, it is very silly. Like, it has all the Shyamalan-isms, like the stilted dialogue and the stilted delivery. Um, that didn't bother me as much as it seems to be bothering other people. Like, I thought that was fine. <laughs> yeah. 
or it's also the you know the weird thing of like people like making jokes in the middle of like very intense scenes like the joke of you know man when that when they all realize that they're all going to age and then the two black characters are like man when it be, be nice to be black or something and it's just like what the fuck <laughs> we're in like i it's a funny line but it's one of those like I understand why Shyamalan wanted to keep it, but it's like, this is a very intense scene. Yeah, tonally it was kind of all over the place and chaotic at times, but that's also kind of what I loved about it. Like, even though like I brought up like that, that is a criticism about like, it's kind of snowballing, all this stuff's going on. It's super chaotic. That kind of made it more exciting to watch just because of like, it's just like, it's chaos on screen and it's kind of glorious. And then, in this weird way. Um, the acting was great across the board, um, uh, especially Thomas and McKenzie, um, Alex Wolf, uh, what's the, the late, she was in Phantom Thread. Um, Vicky Cripps. Yeah, Vicky Cripps, yeah. great. Uh, Gail, uh, Gael. Uh, Gael Garcia. Yeah. Uh, hold on, I'll pull up the old cast so I can help. Oh yeah, he, he was great. I, I especially, probably my favorite moment in the entire movie is when he's um, next to Vicky Crepes and they're, they're, they're older and they're kind of talking about um, the fact that like they had these disagreements earlier in this conflict and their, their marriage is um, splitting apart and the, uh, she like cheated on him or whatever, had an affair. And they're talking about that and he, and he says, I don't even remember, I, I, one of them says they don't remember why they were mad at each other. It's just this like beautiful moment. Um, I, that, was, that was probably my favorite moment in the film. Um, of course, there's a, there's a big old twist at the end. Before we get to that, let me kind of just jump in, you know, to that moment right there. To me, that's my favorite moment in the movie is when the beat is getting dark, they both have kind of succumbed to the idea that they're just going to die over the night. Like, that's it. And so that instead of trying to fight or do, or even attempt the one escape plan they had, which was, you know, go in, take a step, stop, hold your place for an hour, take another step. Like, the whole, like, just trying to break through the thing just by, you know, you know, so anyway, they just sit on the beach and just, you know, get old and wrinkles and uh, Gal Garcia Bernal's uh, character, you know, loses his eyesight and she, and Big Crips goes deaf. And first there's a, you know, in the, in the, in between this very beautiful moment, there's a very intense, like, action, you know, horror moment where Gal is, you know, or, you know, Gal Garcia's character is blind, but he's getting like cut from, you know, uh, Rufus Sewell's the character. Crazy doctor, yeah. Yeah, he's just like gone full schizophrenic. Um, and and she's over, you know, sitting on the other side, just like admiring the beach. And it's like this horror moment of like he's trying to get her, but you know, she's he's getting still, you know, cut and stabbed, and and he's healing his wounds because that's you know how age works. It just like ages in seconds. 
<coughs> and I, and and they finally like deal with Russell Sewell's character. And then oh wait, intercut with this is the kids like stuck with the calcium deficient woman <laughs> who just like has her bones break in the middle of like crawling towards them, and she becomes like this like freaking contortionist like <laughs> yeah just like literally crumbles on herself and just like yeah first of all this is a weird pg-13 movie <laughs> like yeah i i i thought it was really intense like once once they get to the beach like from that point to pretty much the end then he like kind of maintains this like level of intensity um yeah, um, I liked the well. I guess we'll get to the twist later. Um, yeah, I, I I really I, I really dug this movie and how Shyamalan. Oh, and he does a lot of cool things with the camera, um, like that are I, I don't even know how to describe some of them because they're so um, unique. What scenes are you talking about? Uh, about like they were like they were like playing tag or something, and the like camera like kind of like. Uh, do you know what there's like there's a scene where they're like playing tag or something on the beach and oh freeze tag I think um I don't know there was a scene where they were playing freeze tag and the camera like does this like kind of like it like zooms in but kind of like maneuvers around it I guess it's like oh yeah like it's a dog well it's a dolly shot but it's yeah it's it's a a zoom dolly shot yeah uh yeah I mean that was cool well I mean camera work that I mean that's happening in this movie is incredible like also like I mean just Shyamalan just knows how to like pose a shot like especially a close-up shot I mean there's many close-up shots where you can where you go from one shot and then you cut to like you you're now seeing like how that person has just aged like this movie is immaculately well made like there's not a lot of like if there's any problem with the movie, it's more so the writing. Yeah. Um, but even the writing, like you know, Shemlon goes through the premise as much as possible. Like he milks the premise as much as possible. Like he gets absolutely a bunch of like. Yeah. And I, I think one interesting thing is that like he'll do something with it that you wouldn't expect. Like that that's totally sound and makes sense, but you wouldn't really expect it with like for example when the, when the girl gets pregnant and literally like gives birth to the baby in seconds and the baby just dies because like they turn away and it doesn't get the attention because of the, like the rapid aging and it's like things like that like that you're just like oh wow I wouldn't have considered using this speech to do that but that that makes sense and that's interesting and that's really cool <laughs> well, I mean, I mean it's horrifying but <laughs> yeah well it's horrifying because they don't know well first of all it's a bunch of kids so to add context to that scene the two kids alex wolf and uh, eliza scalen from little women uh they both like mature to teenagers and you know they still have like the minds of like a six-year-old and a five-year-old but their hormones are like racing because they're growing up and they're having like the chemical imbalances of, you know, wanting attraction and wanting, you know, uh, like, you know, wanting sex, essentially. So they make out in, you know, off screen 
and then like moments later they come out and she's noticeably like big belly pregnant and it's a really horrifying moment because like like as they're talking like they say it's happening in 20 minutes oh my gosh she'll be ready and then like as a, you know they're they're moving the camera around like it's just getting bigger and then you know the birth is happening and you're right like in moments later like another camera says the baby's dead because they just didn't look at it they just didn't they didn't break eye contact with it or they broke eye contact with it. It, and it's a really incredible scene because if you listen to like the dialogue that you know gal is having in the background with alex you know, it's like he's trying to explain his six-year-old son, like how, you know, teenage like teenage angst works, and his son is like full-on like teenage angst, but it's still like he's still like working in like bringing out the the memories of you know his his own parent. Alex Wolf is bringing out the memories of his own parents fighting. It's like we're never gonna fight. We're gonna grow old together. And it's it's that you know that kid-like thinking, but in, like, a teenager's body, or, I guess, a young adult's body. Um, it was, it's just, like, very good, like, way of, like, re- there's, it's just moments like that, you're just like, man, this script could be really, I mean, just perfect if it wasn't for the other, like, stilted or weird jokes. Like, and weird then there's, jokes like, yeah. there's a lot of um, very unsubtle things like very on the nose um dialogue in terms of oh i'm a doctor i can help with that or oh i i was um i was um uh i i swam swim team let me (laughs) you know like a lot of just like random line drops to like tell you about the character like he like he'll like which wouldn't the wife know this yeah or, or, you know, you know, I give benefit of that. Maybe he's telling this to the other characters. Yeah. He's saying that to the other characters. Who wouldn't know? Oh, but also when, you know, that character does die and come back, and then the wife just, like, starts, you know, she has seizures. And she, and because of how the beach works, like, she's just having seizure after seizure after seizure. Oof. I don't know if, David, I don't know if you've ever seen anyone have a seizure in real life. Um, Not like that. (laughs) But I have, and it's very, very, it it can be very scary. Um, And visceral. And, you know, um, it's just the body horror of this movie. Like, it's just and this is like the first Shyamalan movie I can think of that really does body horror. Like the happening has like people you know, like kill themselves, but it's not like anything we're, we're seeing here. Uh, I'm trying to think of like it's a. Do you have anything to say on? Do you have any more to say on old real quick before we get into more stuff? I'll wait till we get to the twists, I guess, because I'm trying to think. Um, I already said the performances were great. I touched on how, how he, we both kind of just talked about how he maximized the premise. Um, 
camera movements. Uh, I can't think of anything right now, but if it comes to me later, I'll jump in. <laughs> Until we get to the twist of when, when you're ready to talk about that. Ooh, it's a doozy. Um, one more thing I will say, I love when the two parents start to die and like first like out you know goes and the children are like huddling and crying and then Biggie Cribs just goes on the beach and just like wails. First of all the score in that scene is perfect. <clears throat> um, but just like the framing of her just leaving and going to the beach to grieve. I mean just oof our and then she, you know, collapses on the beach. <clears throat> like moments later, it's like, mm. very powerful. And then you cut to the morning and then the kids start, you know. Like middle-aged adults or like in their thirties at least. Forties, uh, forties or fifties. Forties, okay, yeah. I mean, no, no. There, I say forties, fifties because of the line at the very end of the movie. But, um, uh, <laughs> but what I love, and I wish, I kind of wish the movie ended right here, where the kids are like, maybe we should figure out a way to get out of here. And then the kid, and then the like the boy or the man goes, let's just help sandcastles. Yeah. For me. And we'll get to the twist in just a second, but for me, I feel like that was a more, if the movie had just ended right there, I feel like that would be like a near perfect ending. Cause it's just that theme yeah. of like, can these kids like break away from what killed their father, their parents? Or are they gonna doomed to just, you know, to their, to, they're doomed to this fate for the rest of the day, essentially. <sighs> Um, but then the movie doesn't end, and you know what, David, just tell everybody what the ending is. So we find out that M. Night Shyamalan's character has been observing them the whole time, and that's kind of like alluded to throughout the movie, but you don't really know who's watching. You just don't, you see like the glint of, um, like I guess binoculars or something, or a, um, we see light, and, and yeah, yeah, and so. We, we cut to him, he's he's watching to see if they make it through this, they try to escape through this coral reef thing that's like kind of engulfing and it's like a tunnel. And so their idea is if they go through that, it'll protect their mind um, from- It'll protect like, them from what happened. Yeah. yeah. And it works, but they the girl gets caught and then it cuts to Shyamalan kind of watching to make sure they don't come up for air to make sure they don't make it through because they don't want any um, people coming out and outing what they're doing. And then he gets in his car, he gets in his van, he takes everything to this like secret facility. And we learn that they're, that the hotel, well, it, this is kind of all alluded to throughout the movie, but it kind of, you kind of like piece it together once he walks in, that the hotel invites people that have conditions, um, of whatever sort um, and basically puts him on the beach 
so they can observe them to test certain medicines that they gave them when they arrived to the hotel. They like they put it in their cocktails or whatever. And um, right. these drugs, they're basically testing these drugs to see how they affect on people that are aging. And they're, they have the benefit of being able to observe them within a short period of time and seeing how long that drug is effective for someone with that kind of condition. And so it's kind of like this like horrifying like realization that you're just like, oh wow, this is messed up, but like they're trying to do it for the better good of society. So it's kind of like this like uh, thing of like, oh, this is like good in a sense, but uh, has horrifying, bad, horrifying methods to reach these like positive results, I guess. These very, but it's like, do the means just positive results? Yeah. Do the means justify but, the end? <laughs> like, not really do the end justify the means. Do the means justify the end that they reach? <laughs> and yeah, so, so then, mm -hmm. then we cut to earlier in the movie where they were playing with a friend and they went around and they would ask every person on the on the resort what their occupation and age was. And so we see this cop that they met earlier and he comes up to, he's like, you're blah, 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 and you're a cop, right? And so when you, you, you realize in that moment, I mean, I kind of figured that they survived somehow through the tunnel, but you kind of realize in that moment, okay, they made it out and they made it to the beach and they're gonna uncover this whole conspiracy thing and they, they're going down. And so that was kind of a cool callback to end the movie on. Um, then as they're welcoming new visitors, the two kids come in and like cause a cause a scene and all this chaos um and the young boy of who i think it is like the nephew or the son of the guy um who runs the resort he um walks in and he recognizes the um boy that he had befriended right yeah yeah and that's how yeah, and then we get the line, you know, where they're in the helicopter flying over the beach of, well, I mean, how would you, you know, how would, you know, you take it if a 50-year-old man told you, you know, he was your nephew <laughs> or something like that. And that's how we end the movie. So first things first, I love how like M. Night Shyamalan, this is the second movie in a row where M. Night ends on like, a secret society is like you know killing like these special people whatever and it's uh deep. and 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 it's very unsubtly you know telling you the the secret society not only is their efforts very frugal it's very you know inefficient because you find out that you know None of the drugs worked on the the people except the uh, girl with the seizures because uh, she didn't have a seizure for a long for period of years. time. Yeah, essentially. And so they were like, "This one drug, we sent all these people, and the only good result was a drug didn't give this woman like seizures for less than two decades." And you're like. That was it. <laughs> you, oh my yeah. gosh, I just I just thought of something I did not touch on. 
the visual effects and makeup effects in this movie are incredible like the the aging on the actors like it was very seamless you you never like probably some of the best makeup and visual effects work i've seen for aging an actor up like arguably ever um yeah that that's one huge takeaway i had from this movie that we did not bring up earlier that just came to my mind as we're talking about this and you know since this movie is very cheap it works beautiful it works perfectly because um you only see close-ups you're not like seeing like them hold hands so you're not seeing like old hands really that much but it's like it's really good like the makeup and visual effects are really good for you know this movie only cost 18 million to make so um and granted there's not like no one here is a big star but still it it's just so like the makeup works so perfectly it works very well and it works a lot better than it does um but going back to the ending like you real this is a, so in my Shyamalan must be doing like a trilogy of like movies where it's a secret society they're evil and then at the very end like their f- plans are thwarted by um like the survivors of you know said victims and i don't know like some people have claimed that in my has gotten a lot more cynical because the last two movies have ended very cynically but I don't know how you felt about the ending of class. I would argue that those endings are both a little optimistic in a sense. I mean, there there is a cynical angle to them that these people are tortured through. I mean, like you have like the superhero people in class and then you have these people that are just visiting the beach. There's that cynical angle. They can look at that. But then you, there's also like, I think there's a hopeful optimistic angle of the... Um, like the children take down this evil organization and then you have the same similar situation in class. Um, I think there's like a little bit of optimism to that. Well, for Glass, it's, you know, the idea that, you know, these people died, but their memory will go on. Their memory, their life, what they were, who they were, like, because Glass and Split and I guess Unbreakable and now they're kind of like an allegory for disabled or uh, exceptional people in real life. And of course, you know, they're, and of course in the movie, and of course the movie ends very bleakly that, you know, the government will try to do away with them to not worry about the problem or not have society worry about the problem. But by ending glass in a way that honors those characters that, you know, where the family honors those people as a way to show, it's very optimistic. It's a very, like, happy, satisfying conclusion to the last trilogy. Here, <laughs> with old, I think the twist is kind of like, we need a twist and it's just kind of a little too ridiculous. And it goes on way too long. Like, like right when, like this movie could easily be an, a good hour 40, hour 30 minutes. 
here it's just you know i feel like the ending goes on way too long like there's way they show way too much like the movie's final image probably could have been just hey you're a cop right like that could have been the last thing but no they show us every step of the detail and i'm like please i really gotta go to the bathroom please i gotta go i gotta go watch, I, I gotta go I watch did, snake eyes i did think it was a little um excessive to go back and flash back to them in the tunnel again because it's like well if they got out we assume they they made it out of that tunnel we don't need to see that you know <laughs> things like that um mm -hmm. and I, I agree it could have either ended there or like you said the sandcastle or they could have not had them get out and just had the had it end with the new arrivals i don't i think he could have ended it a lot of different ways um but yeah, I don't really have huge problems. I think I it's definitely a very on the nose of, okay, here's our exposition dump of this is what's really going on. And so that giving an explanation behind everything that you watched. Um, but I think it works within the logic of the movie, <laughs> the confines of the movie. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I mean, the movie still works, regardless of what the execution of the ending. It's just, for me, it was just like him, like we get it, you know, can we wrap this up? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of just, I, I, I kind of spend more on it now, but I feel like the movie was, I feel like the movie still works in spite of its, you know, like very like very very well detailed twist ending uh, and yeah i mean that's old um and this was a great surprise because this movie didn't really like get delayed that much like i, I like they might have tried to start filming early last year but then they just did it in september and they were still able to make the release date um yeah, I, I'm very, I don't know, I was very happy about this movie. And I'm glad in my Shyamalan continues to make movies. Um, also, did you know he independently funds his own movies now? I knew, I think he started doing that with Split or Glass, one of the two. All right. Yeah, it's just, it's very interesting. So um very quickly do you have any more final thoughts on snake eyes or old um not really i feel like we kind of covered extensively well not really as much as i want to talk about snake eyes and then um about everything i have to say on old off the top of my head at least all right all right. Well, in that case, uh, where can the good people find you, David? Um, so you can find me on Twitter, uh, Wiser underscore David, and then I have a blog called Film Assessment. Um, I haven't, unfortunately, haven't written a review since In the Heights, but um, I'm looking to uh, work on some stuff soon. Um, I've got a lot of stuff going on in real life, but <laughs> um, David's been busy. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, thank you, David. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening uh, to the show. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at MovieKale. And that's where you'll find updates for the show. Uh, please, please, uh, please give us a like. Also, we have moved to Anchor. Uh, so if you're wondering where we have been and you just randomly found us, that's where we've moved. We've moved from Anchor to Podbean, uh, or um, from Podbean to Anchor. And uh, so far, it's been going great so far. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone. We'll be back next week with uh, Jungle Cruise, The Green Knight, and we might fit in the Suicide Squad. It's still up in the air. Uh, thanks, everyone. We'll be back with you next week. I don't know. What happened to her? Her body has decomposed. How quickly can that happen? Seven years. But she just died. Wait, where are the kids? Trent! Kara! Come here! Hey, have you seen my children? Mom? I'm I'm right here. Why are you looking at me like that? What's happening to us? My daughter just turned six two weeks ago. Mom! Whatever's happening to us is happening very fast. You have wrinkles. There's something wrong with this beach. What's happening? Mom! 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 I'm scared! We have to get off this beach! People are blacking out going this way. If she makes it to the ledge, she might have a chance. Why is she stopping? Why is she stopping? Kara, wake up! Wake up! They have to know what this place does. I don't know! You're lying! Look! What is that? A message. We never leave each other. Nothing separates us. We're connected to something bigger. Oh no. We're here for a reason.